This is a detail podcast. Jeez, I'm bored. I wish I had some new Zelda games to talk about. Did someone say they're looking for new Zelda games? Yeah, I'd love to see what my favorite hero Link is up to. Well, you're in luck. Here you go. Wow! Link the Faces of Evil, Zelda the Wand of Gamelon, and Ripen Tingle's Balloon Trip of Love? Wait, aren't these games terrible? <laughs> Good luck. Oh no! That was the evil warlock Ganondorf, and now I'm forced to talk about these weird Zelda games. Welcome to Drink In, Geek Out, a show where we drink beer and geek out. I'm your host, Dustin, and alongside me is... My name is Saf, and alongside me is... Keith, and alongside me is... Pale, and alongside me is a tasty, delicious beer and a glass. From where? From? From Chapman's Brewing. Called? Ben's Jammin' West Coast IPA. Spear is part of the roulette series. Yes, and uh, we are talking about the weird Zelda video games. But before we get into that, I would like to thank Chapman's uh, for their partnership that they had with us. Uh, It may not have gone as well as we kind of hoped, but it was still a great learning experience for both of us. Or at least it felt like it was a good learning experience for both of us. Uh, We had several people use the code. I don't really care to know who. But it was good to know that we have some people listening to us and, you know, having uh, some kind of interaction with us. So we're happy to have that kind of uh, effect on the uh, community. Uh, going forward, I, w- I hope to figure out what we can do to better uh, advertise this type of partnership with any other uh, company or any other type of sponsorship. It would be just kind of nice to know, uh, you know, how we can grow um as kind of our brand, really, but it was it was awesome experience uh, to work with Chapman's, and uh, I'm sad to see that we had a short lived promotional time period, but it was just an awesome experience overall. Mm-hmm. Totally, and we got some good beer out of it. We did. Yep, agreed, one hundred percent. Hopefully, we can we can just do better next time. <laughs> we can only do as much as the <laughs> viewership is buying, and unfortunately, is the tail end of the. The pandemic uh, still going on. Uh, thoughts and prayers to England and uh, India that are still struggling with the new variants or whatever. But uh, I feel like any other time period in our past probably would have been a little bit, um, I guess, better uh, with you know terms of people wanting to purchase things. But uh, you know, can't fault the economy for yeah. the way things are. It was a good, it was a good run, and yeah. because of our mm-hmm. record schedules we sometimes bank a bunch of episodes or and stuff like that so it's hard to get the ad into an episode and have it come out during the period in which the promotion is happening yeah so there's clearly things that we can work on as pale suggested and you know it's just probably making uh more content during you know more live content i guess yeah more week to week just so we keep things fresh it was good uh, so, what have we been drinking lately or playing lately, guys? Uh, well, I've been mostly playing Breath of the Wild, just to keep it on the Zelda track. I've been playing that DLC that I have been holding off purchasing uh, for a while. I beat the game like last year and then, or maybe longer ago. But I figured if we're going to talk about Breath of the Wild this summer, I better get that DLC and get back into that game, and I'm loving it. Good stuff. I haven't been playing anything a whole lot lately, but I have been drinking, uh, especially with this uh, Chapman stuff that we were just wrapping up. Gave me an opportunity to try a whole bunch of stuff. They're, uh, what was it, Jamberry, Blackberry, um, Hazelnut Stout that they had. I think you guys drank that with me. Um, So we did get a chance to try that. So that was really good to kind of experience this whole roulette series and check out all those type of beers. Uh, yeah, I was saying, 
same as Keith, not been playing a whole lot of stuff. Uh, still kind of jumping in and out of uh, Breath of the Wild as we have that episode coming up in July. But um, to piggyback on the chat uh, talk, I also had the Jamberry, which was very delicious and um, very smooth and sweet. And I liked it. It's kind of different than what the all the IPAs and the coffee stouts and chocolate stouts that we've been drinking. So it was nice to have something a little bit different. And then the other Chapman's, um, the tr- trusty, the hazelnut brown ale mm-hmm. was very good too. Uh, very nutty and um, very thick for a brown ale, I, th- I thought. So I highly recommend both the beers. They're very good. That's good. Uh, me, early in uh, May... It was right around the time that we released our last episode before, you know, we took our mini hiatus. We went to uh, Michigan City to check out a couple of breweries there. And we went to a few. We did our normal uh, trip. We went to, like, a place called Seeds and a, a ghost place. And it was weird. Uh, but one of the ones that mm-hmm. we made sure that we got to that was on everybody's list, I believe, was Burnham Brewing. Uh, and, you know, did the, the usual grab everything. It was just a great time uh, to be able to get out of the house and go to, you know, go to places. Not quite safe as much as I would like it, but I trust breweries more so than many other places. Uh, so we bought a couple of beers, uh, solo beers, didn't have enough to share. But, uh, you know, it was good enough for me to want to bring stuff home. Fair. Shall we get into the Ben's Jam Pant or Ben's Jammin'? <laughs> jam pants. That would be awesome. Yep. All right. So we have jam, jam pants. pants. I think J- Foxy Jam Pants is a Sun King beer that got it in is. my head. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. It is. All right. So yeah, as we teased before, that we have the Chapman's Brewing Company's Ben's Jammin IPA. It says West Coast IPA on the can. Uh, it is. Uh, 6.8% ABVs and 78 IBUs, which is, in our geek reference, the platinum, which is the atomic number of the element platinum. This American IPA is made for hopheads looking for a bitter, crushable beer, brewed with Cascade, Citra, and Mosaic hops. Benjamin IPA doesn't shy away from big, bold flavors. This beer was brewed in honor of Ben Lane, our original tap room manager in Southwest Fort Wayne. He passed away suddenly in January. Oh man, uh-huh. R.I.P. T's and P's. I was wondering what like what the name Ben stood yep. for, but that's crazy. Uh, T's and P's. Um, yeah, they quote will miss him more than words can describe. In his honor, ten percent of the proceeds from Ben Jamins will be donated to his favorite charity. The Allen County ASPCA. Cool. I feel like I should drop a couple dollars that way. Mm-hmm. Right. Or buy more of these beer. That works too. <laughs> that works too. Yeah. It gives it the same same effect. <laughs> All right. The can is like a light bluish color with a darker blue pinstripe. Um, kind of reminds me of I like a, say like a baseball Team? Yeah, Chicago Cubs. He might have been a Cubs fan. That mm. might be my guess with the Red Sea. Oh yeah, yeah, and the 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 uh, baby blue plus the pinstripes. That used to be a a Cubs uni, mm. I believe. Um, not a like a all time one, but like a you know a special one timer, yeah. couple timer pinstripes. I know everybody wanted to be the pinstripes, yep. you know. Yeah. Um, and then it says on there, Benj Jamin, in like a fun, I don't know, lively font. Lane 83, I'm not sure what the 83 refers to. That might uh, maybe be that's when his he number, was born. Like his, yeah. I'm thinking Ben 83. Like the back back of his jersey number, like Lane uh, 83. Jersey could be, yeah. Mm. Uh, it says on there, Citra and Mosaic, so that must be the hops, which I believe yep, yep, yep. you already said. Limited and unique small batch beer. The roulette. Yeah, it's on the part of the roulette series. It does say 7% ABV on here, and you said 6.8. Either the can rounded up or there's just a slight 
variants. <laughs> a little note on the side about the roulette series. Chapman's roulette beers are limited and release extremely small batches of unique beers. With roulettes, the only rule is no gimmicks. These beers, like... Uh, these beers, like our everyday styles, reflect our respective, respectful approach to craft beer. Yep. I think we've mentioned that before in several episodes uh, about the Roulette series, but it's something that they uh, they believe and they put on the can. It's a nice can. I like that. It's a good label. Yeah, it's very attractive. The color of the beer is a dark heading towards brown almost for for being a west coast ipa it's quite dark at least that's just in my room it looks very dark i mean it looks pretty dark on uh keith's room too because i asked him if we poured the right beer (laughs) yeah (laughs) this looks almost black depending on what light he puts it in as he gets closer yeah i see there's some orangish it's a little more opaque mine's definitely chapman's glass yeah mine definitely in the the amberish uh, color of things, um, which I'm not sure how it lines up with you guys, but uh, I was hoping that it was 15, but it's not. <laughs> I went darker, in my opinion. Yeah. I was, what about a Pona? That's where I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. About a Pona's coat? I was like, I, yep. If we can't have Link's sword, we'll have Link's horse. Good enough. I was for actually me. looking at the duck hunt dog, duck hunt dog, but I was like, if I go one up, that's that's another link reference. So let's go with the horse. Right. Uh, if you if anyone's ever looked at our website and taken a look at the twenties, the first four in the twenties are really hard to differentiate yeah. between twenty and twenty three. Mother brain might be like the darkest one of that group, but it's really hard to tell the difference. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's fine. It's it's what we have to uh, suffer through. <laughs> All right. So uh, the clarity of this beer, it's actually pretty clear. Oh, yeah. Considering the, how dark it is. I don't really see too, a whole mu- a whole lot of things. I can still see through it, which mm-hmm. is nice. So it looks very clean. Yeah. I don't I don't know what brilliant is supposed to be, but definitely like predator style clearness. Yep. Yeah. How's your guy's head? I still have some. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. It's very, yeah, Mine's just a very thin what foam. Dustin's is. head. So, Hydra, it's persistent because it's, it's been 20 minutes since I poured it and I still have yeah. head. I'd go Hydra. Uh, and the carbonation, I still see some bubbles. It's pretty persistent. It's bubbly. Yeah, I can see them, see them in there popping up and down. Yeah, but it's pretty slow. Not many on me. I mean, they're there, but pretty slow. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing much either. Maybe like one or two. Yeah, I would go snail man territory. Between snail man and ice mm-hmm. in a capsicle, because from what a they're capsicle. saying. Aroma. Uh, we didn't even talk about that. No, because we're doing our color. Yeah, we're going down the list. We're doing it the right yeah. way, guys. <laughs> it's very hoppy. From yeah. the smell. Of course, it's 78 IBUs. What did we expect? Or what did I expect? Yeah. Right? It's not the strongest smell. I have it's to like pretty... really inhale, but that might just be my nose. Like It's not one that fills the room upon opening. Right. right. It, it's, still, it's something you got to waft yeah, it in It still the smells like an IBU, yeah. though. Pretty intense. Oh, yeah. Totally. It's tough because I can't really tell. I, like Knowing what hops are in there versus smelling what hops are in there it's really hard for me to like say yeah it's citrusy mm-hmm. but a hundred percent can do gruity i can smell the pine from mm-hmm. the west coast style mm-hmm. i want to say annoying orange but i don't it's not that strong and i just want to say it because i know what's in yeah. there like mm-hmm. the can told me so <laughs> <laughs> i want to do it it's kind of dank too yeah but i was gonna I say dank mm-hmm. so the dude bringing the dude into this battle i think that's about it from the smell side because you said there's not a whole lot there from the smell wise it doesn't you can't open up and like fills the room right the citra is hitting me quite a bit with like the grapefruit and the orange i'm getting from the smell smell, i'm just getting more grapefruit as i i sniff it and then but the mosaic is still a little bit there Mm mm-hmm I don't know. I still think that 
it's pretty bannerish on the intensity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because I can't smell. I mean, it it might honestly be because of the allergies, but I can't really smell the citra <laughs> as much as I want. Yeah, it's there for sure. The citra. Okay, I take your word for it. I'm gonna start smelling it now. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking uh, a banner when his like eyes start turning green and his face starts turning green, but before he like completely hulks out. Or how about when he's like telling him, "No, <laughs> I'm not coming out today." He's like, oh, "I can't." Yeah, <laughs> I know you're in there. Flavor. Not too malty, right? I can't really smell. Anything. Yeah, on the smell, not really. Same for the ester category, but. F- uh, just moving on to the flavor of uh, the alcohol, I don't really get at all in the flavor. Well, I haven't tasted it yet, so. Well, oh, you, you gotta, gotta drink, drink it. That well, you did should we do that? That's all you're drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. Just quit telling the viewers at home what I'm not doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is super punch right in the mouth with hops. But it's not the most bitter thing I've had. No. Yeah. It's nice, like, kind of sweet hop flavor instead of, a, like, a bitter hop flavor. For sure. As far as West Coast go. I expect, it, I expect the hops to, like, tackle my tongue and pin it down to my the bottom of my mouth. Yeah, there's a sweetness to it that prevents that from happening. But, yeah, I think I agree that the, the alcohol flavor is pretty much not detectable. Mm-hmm. I'm not really tasting alcohol in this at all. Mm-mm. There's no not that any of that burn that you get when those with those high ABVs or any of really the right the, the like flavor of like from the barrel age one specifically <laughs> that you get. If you told me that this was seven percent, I wouldn't believe you. Yeah, it doesn't seem that high. Mm-mm. Right. So our, our first data, I think, <laughs> probably. Yeah, I do get the citrus on the the on flavor the mm-hmm. of the of the hops right on the tongue. Absolutely. Uh, I definitely taste the gruddy pine, hundred percent. Like yeah. that's, oh yeah. I mean, if I sat here and said I couldn't taste it, that'd be really <laughs> yeah. weird, right? Because <laughs> of how like bitter it is. It really comes through in the aftertaste. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> doesn't that taste as dank as I was expecting, though? It's just more of a smell thing, mm-hmm. right? The dank, dank for me comes kind of at the end. Um, so it's it's like it's there on the smell, but then it's just a little bit there at the end, so I would have thought maybe it'd be more pre- present, like up front, but not really. Yeah, it's a lot of citrus and a little bit of mosaic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where do we f- fall on the hop bitterness? Oh, it's very aggressive. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. But how aggressive is it? Is really what the question should be. <laughs> I'm somewhere it's between the clones. Underestimate and my power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You turned her against me. <laughs> it's like when he uh, kills all those uh, Tuscan Raiders or whatever after they killed his mom. Oh. <laughs> mm. I killed them all. <laughs> the women. The children. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not full-blown Sith yet. Yeah. That's I think I, I can agree with that one, it. yeah. Because it, it goes along with the lines of what you basically were saying. Like, you have this sweetness that prevents you from, or prevents the beer from having, like, a 100%, like, hop takeover of your mouth. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can get behind that. It definitely lingers there, but it's, I, it's not something that makes me, like, uh, turn away from this beer. I, I still keep coming back to it. Mm-hmm. This pale section up next. Mm, the mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. See, for body, I think uh, me- medium, full. Uh, I mean, probably maybe me- yeah. high medium. Yeah, I was thinking in that area yeah. as well. Yeah, me too. Like, what's uh, that Jabba character in the Clone Wars? Uh, oh, the one that has like a Creole accent. Yeah, like the blue guy. <laughs> yeah, what was his name? Zero, zero the hut. Yes, zero. <laughs> yes, we're not. 
Yes, Z-I-R-O, yeah. So we're not quite at Jabba. He's not that, we're... that big. Yeah, not quite that big. But... <laughs> that works. Or we could do Fit Fort- or uh, Fortuna, <laughs> Mandalorian. Or we could do uh, yeah, Pissed Off Mando when Grogu is missing. Like for what? For for the, for the body. body, yeah. Yeah, but his his body shape didn't his change. His size didn't he change. Didn't, he didn't hulk no, out. That's true, yeah. <laughs> it's still the same Mando, just different emotion. Yeah, yeah just, mad. just mad. Yeah, he's mad just mad. Mad Mando. Uh Carbonation. What's the, Oh, go ahead. What's the uh uh the Jar Jar Binks like leader, that fat guy? Boss that's like, ass. Yes, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. He's pretty fat. Yeah. So we agree it's on the fuller side, but not quite Jabba form. Or Je- Dexter Jetster. I think that's the fat diner owner. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> okay, you said carbonation. Yeah, carbonation for me, it's kind of faint I not agree. giving me the burps or anything really not like bubbly yeah, it's pretty smooth on yeah mm-hmm. so Ga- the, ganon. The, ganon. That's the ganon carbonation how fitting uh the finish <laughs> is probably i mean in my opinion a medium finish because i don't know it's still in my mouth mm-hmm. right now yeah still doing its thing it's not leaving it's like that Snyder cut. It never ends. <laughs> Four hours later. Yeah. So the Justice League movie you're saying? The Snyder cut. Yeah. You're taking it long or are you taking it medium? What do you want, Pooh? Um Is there is there an in between the Justice League and the Snyder cut? Uh the extended uh Batman oh, yes. versus Superman. <laughs> oh we could, yeah, that, we could deal it. with that one. Yeah, let's do that extended BVS. <laughs> it's like three hours long. Marta, <laughs> why did you say that name? <clears throat> and I think bitterness Heisenberg. Even though I don't know who that is, I would say Heisenberg. He's, he's bitter after he blew up Giancarlo's character. <laughs> oh yes, so in that's, the hospital. That's towards the end. Oh, so like with the bomb. Yeah, that's like season five, I think. We get yeah. more of these episodes in. I'm not going to have to watch the TV <laughs> show. True. I'm going to know what happens. Was that the half-faced <laughs> yeah. Giancarlo? Yeah. What is it, What was his name? I can't think of it. Gus, Gus Spring. Gus Gustavo. Spring. Thank you. Gustav- Gus. Yeah, Gustavo. Gustavo. Spring. Well, he said half-faced, so well, two-faced. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. He was two-faced. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I guess we should get to untapped at some point. Should. You know what? That might be a good idea. Been on I don't have it up. I just was figuring. <laughs> I have it up. I'd remind you guys that's what we do next. Oh, uh, what do you out see? Out of 100, 199 check-ins, uh, it comes in at a 3.72 average. And out of my friends, I don't have any. I also Aww, have sad. I also have no friends that check this in. So <laughs> <laughs> for somebody got that. I have two friends. Um, most recent one was five hours ago. Brian H. He's drinking this. He gave it a 3.75. Uh, best Bob Marley song by far was Connor P. Says 350. A little too light I got a for friend. me. Ooh, me too. Who would that be? It's all probably probably got Doug. Doug. We all got Doug. Got yeah, Doug. go Doug. Go um, Doug. He said, nice West Coast. Bitter, but very smooth. And gave it a three and a half, which... With all the exclamation points he used, I figured it'd be more than three and a half. I do agree that it's smooth for being a bitter beer. Mm-hmm. And you can see he's got a different can because it actually has the... Well, it's got like the jersey. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm looking at so it you too. So you can see it's actually supposed to be a jersey instead of just assuming. Nice. Uh, Keith, not okay. this Keith, but a different Keith... He uh he checked it in at Mein Grobermutten's house. Uh, he said thanks, Dan. Dot dot dot. I guess. Oh. Two point seven five. Daniel replied, "Hey, it was free. You can't complain too much. I told you it wasn't good." Oh. Damn, Daniel. 
Where's Where's Daniel's check in now? I have to find it. There it is. He bought it at Cap and Cork. He gave it a two point seven five as well. What? What a dig. Read Read the room, Daniel. Read the room. I know pretty good. (laughs) Did we uh, see this one from Peter N? Says a little too light for me, but maybe good for new IPA drinkers. A gift from the tagged. Oh, I guess he's got it from some friends. But three point seven five. Do you think it's too light? Are we drinking a different it's beer? Seven <laughs> percent. Is this the same beer we're drinking? <laughs> he's got a picture of the can. Yeah, Marcus. He bought it in Auburn. Topping off before I go to Kazu, probably Kalamazoo. So I'm assuming. Having a local brew here in Angola, malty sweetness to cut the piney hops. How I like them. Bitter finish. That's literally what I said. <laughs> yeah, Marcus, you and I. He gave it a four. Oh, I like this one from Susan M. Very good. Well balanced. One of the best Chapman's beers I've had. I think they should make it a core beer. I gave it a five out of five. I don't know if I agree that it needs to be a core beer, but I do think it is one of the better ones. It is. I agree. I agree. Uh, Better IPAs. I I haven't had the the trusty or anything, so I can't speak on how, you know, how good that one was. But uh, best IPA one, I think this is way better than the Undaunted. Mm -hmm. So you say better, uh, one of the better Chapman's or better West Coast's? Uh, Better IPAs from Chapman's. Definitely not the one of the best West Coast IPAs I've had. I've had really good West Coast IPAs. Mm-hmm. But I think this is better than any of the Chapman IPAs that I've had before. Yeah. I think the Roulette series is like knocking it out of the park based on the two or three I've tr- I've tasted. Mm-hmm. Right. For sure. I, I'm hoping that the Roulette series for them is like the uh, Indiana City uh, uh, Yo series or their oh, yeah. Doodle Crew series mm-hmm. where they release something – that's wild that everybody wants to try and it's great uh and it's it's hands down always good you won't see me buying indiana city's core beer i don't like it that much yeah that's true maybe i'll grab doc seven if i'm feeling like supporting indiana city but if it's not new indiana city uh doodle or special beers that they do i don't want it so maybe it's turning into something like that you know Thanks for your influence on all the brewers, Ben. 375. That was from Steve S. He he checked in a couple times. He said, great drinking IPA. Cheers, Ben. 375. You guys ready for this? Do it. I said, sweet and hoppy with a bitter, but not too bitter aftertaste. And I gave it a 4.25. I really enjoyed this beer. Good. I'll go next. I said very hoppy and bitter, which uh, is not my style. I'm not a fan of these West Coast IPAs whatsoever. That's why I was very happy to find there's more to craft beer than these things. Um, but <laughs> still very smooth. Um, and that mouthfeel, it is a little bit of that creamy smoothiness that kind of stuck with it. And a little bit of citrus, but the the flavor just sitting, the bitterness just lingering. It's a little too hoppy for me. So... uh it still seemed kind of crushable, though, even at 7%, but not my style, not my favorite. I gave it a three and a half. I gave this a four. Uh, this is my style. For my drink IPAs, it's going to be West Coast. I do like the pineal. I do love the citrusy flavors. Um, I don't like it when it's super uber duper hoppy uh, or bitter. And this has like a nice cut to it from the sweetness. Within this beer, uh, and so it's it's a uh, it's a nice uh, it's crushable. I think that's the crushable part of it. Uh, so big fan of it. I like I said I was ranting earlier before we checked it in. I think this is one of the better IPAs or probably one of their best IPAs I've had. Uh, so I'm excited to see where they go uh, with this beer. Yeah, and I went uh, four and a quarter like Saf did. I really enjoy this nice. beer. I I think um, it is definitely one of uh, maybe the top two, probably top two beers I've had from Chapman's. I just like the citrus and mosaic combination. Uh, 
the bitterness was um, prevalent. It was there, but it was also like the citrus, I think, cut through the bitterness like Dustin was talking about, mm-hmm. which gave it that like crushable um, factor. And I was not expecting it to be as drinkable as it was, but uh, I just thought it was very well done and very smooth. And I could have probably a, f- a four pack of this easily in like a night. If I was just playing, like laying back, playing video games, ready to just drink a couple, I would definitely go for this one. Uh, we have a four average on that one. Nice. Thank you, Chapman's, for this delicious brew. Absolutely. And prayers out to Ben and his family. I just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DrinkInGeekOut. You can also check out our show notes and other fun stuff on our website, DrinkInGeekOut.com. You can also email us any comments or suggestions at DrinkInGeekOut at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcast, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon where you can get some fun bonus content. Find us there at Patreon.com backslash DrinkInGeekOut. And now, back to the show. All right, now let's talk about some weird Zelda games. Let's talk about something more depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Laying it on this episode. (laughs) This is going to be really tough. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to mop up my tears while I'm editing the beer part. I'm going to have to mop up my my tears of disgust while listening to these (laughs) video games. Yeah, it's weird. Because Nintendo, like, licensed Zelda to, like, other companies to do what they wanted to with it before. I, I don't know if they were, like, hurting for money or why they did this, but it just ended poorly with, with some horrible games. Uh, so we'll start off with the uh, Triforce CDI games. It says the Zelda games for the Philips CDI are infamous for their poor quality and are not canon. A series of video games was developed and released for the Philips CDI in the early 1990s as a product of a compromise between Philips and Nintendo, after the companies failed to develop a CD-ROM peripheral for the Super NES. Created independently with no observation by or influence from Nintendo, the games are Link, The Faces of Evil, and Zelda, The Wand of Gamelon, together with Zelda's Adventure. Nintendo never acknowledged them in the Zelda timeline, and they are considered to be in a separate, self-contained canon. These games are widely acknowledged to be the worst installments in the series. By far. Uh, So, (laughs) we have the first one here, Link the Faces of Evil. And... Yeah. And I guess they go hand in hand. They kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. The Wand of Gamelon. Gamelon? Are we saying that right? I, that's, I don't know. <laughs> Gamelon? I would say like Gamelon, I, I, I like Camelot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, how, that's what I'm thinking. But it's also a game, so they threw game in the name. Yeah. All right, I found a, uh, a Reddit post, or at least I found a website that collected all the Reddit posts for these games and their images. Yeah, they're, they look like they're made on MS Paint or something. It looks like this is like yeah, MS Paint porn. <laughs> I don't want to click on it. It's going to slow down my computer, so I can only handle it's so just much like over here. A poor images from like the cutscenes. They had fully animated cutscenes, which is cool for the time, but they're so poorly animated <laughs> that it. Uh, oh yeah, never I mean, I've seen them. these before. These these things are living memes. There's so many things that have been created from this. Yes, they've been around forever. There's been people that have like tried to recreate images and, or sorry, redo the voice dubs. They redid the animation. Mm-hmm. They they tried to redo everything to improve it, and it still sucked. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out find something that would be enjoyable for me to laugh at because I've not played these, but I have seen the memes yeah. for sure. So the there are two. The first two are action-adventure video games developed by Animation Magic and published by Philips Interactive Media for the CDI. The two games were released on the same day, were developed simultaneously, and look and play similarly because they use the same graphic I- engine. 
Both games are based on the Legend of Zelda franchise, but are not considered part of the series, as Keith has stated. Uh, the first of two of the three Zelda's titles. Uh, blah, blah. The third Zelda game released for the CDI Zelda's Adventure featured different developers and perspectives than its predecessors. So the first two were side-scrolling on like a kind of almost ink painted drawing of yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, landscapes and you kind of fight on that. And then the third game is like bad CGI but top-down view. Very reminiscent of like a 1990 uh, DOS game. Yes, totally. As uh, I think this has a little bit better graphics than Prince of Persia, but it's like the same yeah, style of game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's interesting backstory with Nintendo and Philips that includes Sony that led to all of this, which might be its own separate episode, but. Well, they were working with Sony to develop a CD engine, sort sort of like Sega CD that would attach to this SNES, and then they were also working with Philips to do the same thing and uh, kind of shot themselves in the foot, and then that led to Sony going to do their own thing and releasing the Sony PlayStation. Oh, good for them. Yep. Link, the Faces of Evil, puts the player in control of Link, who goes on a quest to defeat Ganon and rescue Princess Zelda. Zelda, the wand of Gamelon, it looks like Camelot, so I'm going to say Gamelon, easy, changes the roles and has the player control Zelda, who goes out to save Link and defend her kingdom from Ganon. Both travel to a new world, uh, Korodai and Gamelon, respectively, to thwart Ganon's plans. At the time of the release of the games received mixed to positive reviews. In <laughs> later years, both games, along with Zelda's Adventure and Mario games like um, Hotel Mario, have become infamous with modern critics, which has led to the three games being considered not only the worst games in the Zelda franchise, but also among the worst video games of all <laughs> time. So bad. That's crazy that, like, uh, Zelda can be known for like one of the greatest games of all time, like in its. If you consider all video games, I won't specif- specify what Zelda game that is, but um, they also have one of the w- worst games of all time, <laughs> both yeah. featuring the same character. <laughs> However, Nintendo didn't have their fingers in it, so exactly this is what happens when they try to outsource their ideas. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like this would be like the first time, and just watching the gameplay, this is the first time that I've actually seen Zelda do anything combat-wise. Would that be the, the premise behind having Zelda as a playable character in Smash Brothers? Or is there another game that I'm missing that has Zelda as a playable no, character? First. Pretty sure. Yeah, there isn't. She is playable in Hyrule Warriors, but that came out like three years ago. <laughs> so, yeah. Because there's, there's these, like, there's stuff that Zelda does in Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, where did this come from? Like, do you just assume that this is what she, what she would do? Or her turning into Sheik? What is that? Well, that's from Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Right, but, I mean, just... <laughs> And she does fight. She usually helps the battle with Ganondorf, but you never control her. She just yes. sits there and shoots her little <laughs> Triforce of Wisdom at him and his her light arrows. and My light power. Um, and it just, yeah, <laughs> it's all she really does. That makes me think, though, in the Breath of the Wild 2 sequel, where we see Zelda traveling with Link, maybe we have some type of interchangeable character play coming up. Could be revolutionary. That'd be cool. Best way to change that game. Um, she's also in Spirit Tracks for the 3DS, but she is mm-hmm. like, she dies in that game, and she becomes a ghost that attaches to Link, sort of like the little fairy where she like pops out of him and gives him tips and stuff, but she's not playable. Yeah. But she's with yeah. you the whole game talking to you. Um, Zelda adventure is an action adventure fantasy video game. And um, it's set in the land of Tolmac Camelot spelled backwards. Uh, the game follows a non-traditional Zelda saves link storyline. So another game where Zelda's 
the main character. And uh, Link has been captured by the evil Lord Ganon, and Zelda must collect the seven celestial signs in order to rescue him. Released nearly eight months after the first two bad CDI games, Zelda Adventure uses a different game engine where the first two games were patterned on the side-scrolling Zelda 2. Um, the Zelda Adventure took the top-down Link to the Past perspective. Zelda's Adventure is the only Legend of Zelda game to feature live-action cutscenes. Reception for the game was negative, and whereas some critics have given more nuanced reviews of the first two games, modern criticism of Zelda Adventures is one of the worst games of all time. Mm. I've heard that before. Worst <laughs> video games. <laughs> Ugh. Are these playable anywhere? I, I'm sure they must be on emulators or it's something. There's gotta be ROMs out there. Holy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Can find it Shit. ROM. I'm watching a video of this gameplay, and Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my. Is by Ian. <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, boy. I can't even continue to watch it. It is really bad. <laughs> Thanks for trying. Thanks for playing. Well, it can only get better from here, right? <laughs> uh, I, I think so, actually. Maybe. Well, we have up next the Triforce of LCD games. The three Zelda-themed LCD games were created between 89 and 92. The Zelda version of Nintendo's Game & Watch series was released first in August 89 as a dual-screen handheld electronic game similar in appearance to today's Nintendo DS. It was re-released in 98 as Toy Max Inc. Mini Classic and was later included as an unlockable extra in Game & Watch Gallery 4, a 2002 compilation for Game Boy Advance. While Game & Watch Zelda was developed in-house by Nintendo, the subsequent two LCD games were developed by third parties under license by Nintendo. In October 89, The Legend of Zelda was developed by Nelsonic as part of its Game & Watch line. This game was an actual digital watch with primitive gameplay based on the original Legend of Zelda. In 92, Epoch Company developed Zelda no Densetsu Kamigami? Kamigami? <laughs> Uh, no Ditsetsu Kamigami, <laughs> no Triforce for its barcode batter to console. Good lord. The game employed card scanning technology similar to the later released Nintendo e-reader. I remember the e-reader. Yeah, I do. That was a weird little thing for the Game Boy, one of the Game Boys. So before we get into too much about how weird this is, I do enjoy Game & Watch consoles. Yeah. Yeah, they I'm, were I'm a big fan of those. Cool for the time, but uh pretty impressive as well, but it just they only play like one game, but you you buy this whole thing and you can just play with this one thing that's on it. It's almost like the Tecmo Super Bowl yeah. <laughs> thing, yeah. Slightly more advanced almost. All right, so the first of the games that he mentioned was the Zelda, which is on Game & Watch. The Zelda Game & Watch is a multi-screen Game & Watch system developed by Nintendo and released in North America in 1989. The gameplay was heavily inspired by Nintendo Entertainment System's game Zelda 2 Adventure of Link, and it featured an original story described on the manual. Players control Link and fight through labyrinth chambers on the Game & Watch's lower screen. In the labyrinth chamber, Link faces Poe, like oh. ghosts, up the four Stalfos yep. and a Moblin-like Goblin mini-boss. Stalfos and Ghosts cannot be defeated and must be dodged and blocked with the shield, respectively. The Goblin must be killed in order to complete the lower screen Labyrinth. Once the Labyrinth is complete, stairs appear and the action shifts to the Dragon's Lair in the upper screen. Here, Link battles a dragon on the right-hand side of the screen while avoiding the fire and tail attacks. The left-hand side of the screen displays the dungeon map and items, such as the Tomahawk item, unique to this game, that Link gains while fighting the dragon. Upon defeating the dragon, the game starts again with quicker enemies and retaining the player's high score. This Game & Watch game also features a continue button that allows players to continue the game in event of the player's That's convenient. Death. Wow. Hmm. It's pretty impressive. I li like the For look of it. Yeah, I like the look. It does look like the Nintendo DS. A DS. It, it's whole, frightening. Uh, like, whoa. They had this idea for the <laughs> DS years ago. Somebody must have went back and said, hey, so, let's do this. Yeah. That's yeah. creepy. 
And technology like, has finally caught up with our idea. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> and we could do, and the, they do, like the Zelda games that they created for the Nintendo DS are kind of like this, where they have like the displays up there, and like action can take place on both screens, and it's really, really interesting. Ahead of its time. Way. Hey, Pale, you want to tell us about the game watch? I would love to get involved here. <laughs> <laughs> The Legend of Zelda Game Watch is a multi-purpose wristwatch made by Nelsonic as part of their Game Watch line. It tells the time and allows players to play a game. That's pretty simple. Like, why didn't we think of that? (laughs) The player controls Link as he defeats enemies in caves to retrieve pieces of the Triforce. The game consists of four levels with four cavernous rooms each. In each cave, Link has to collect a boomerang and sword to defeat several enemies. Defeating all of the enemies in the cave grants Link a key to the next room, which, on entering, causes Link to lose all of his weapons so that he can collect them again in the new cave. Once all enemies in the fourth cave are killed, the dragon, the level's boss, appears. After Link defeats the dragon, a Triforce fragment appears giving him access to the next level. After collecting all four pieces of the Triforce, the game ends. Pretty simple. Sound, yeah, it sounds it's pretty short. And easy. And it's on a watch, it's, which is crazy. Yeah. It's like a Tamaguchi pet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still got my Tamagachis. Yeah. I will say, I, I just checked Google, uh, not Google, uh, eBay for the Game & Watch. The Game & Watch is... $700 if you want the Japanese version, and it's $410 for the American Much more version. manageable. <laughs> but still. Is the watch on there? I'm looking right now. It's pretty interesting that a lot of these um, early Zelda games, or maybe it's just these like unlicensed ones, were feature a lot of like dragons and med- medieval stuff that don't really play into the story of Zelda that we know yeah yeah uh the nelsonic unused nintendo red legend of zelda game watch is 222 dollars holy cow i'm always interested in like seeing like nerds finally putting their shit up for sale that (laughs) they've collected for like 30 years well here comes the tongue twister reading the barcode one (laughs) (laughs) i can attempt it again if you really want if not saf you can take this one well, I'm just going to say Zelda Barcode Battler 2. And uh, <laughs> skip that one for the weird ones that I don't know. That's <laughs> 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 No Triforce. <laughs> uh, it was licensed to print a series of Nintendo-themed cards for the, the Barcode Battler 2 platform. Card sets were printed with both Mario and Zelda themes. Functioning similar to the LCD e-reader, the barcode battler required players to swipe barcodes printed on cards across a visual input to, uh, in order to enter characters, enemies, items, and spells into the console. The Zelda no Dinsetsu Kamigami no Triforce set features... I think I did a pretty good job there. Features 30 <laughs> software-only so. cards and is based... On the SNES original, the uh, Link to the Past. Played on the CT mode of the Barcode Battler 2. This game set allows the player to play as either Warrior or Wizard after choosing the Hero card, either Link or Link Magic. The player <laughs> scans it into the Barcode Battler 2 where... It starts a recorded and oh, where its stats are recorded and displayed on the LCD screen. For each battle, the players choose an enemy and swipe it in to fight against the hero. The battle is conducted based on an algorithm within the barcode battler, and the results of the fight are displayed in new character stats on the LCD screen. If the enemy is defeated, the enemy card is discarded, and the next enemy card can be swiped. At any point between fights, the player may choose to swipe in and discard one of the ten item cards. Item cards provide a variety of benefits to the hero, including boosting weapon stats, restoring life, and increasing 
Uh, defensive stats. Discarded item cards may be returned to the player from the discard pile upon defeating a wizard enemy. After all other enemies are defeated, the player must swipe the Ganon card to fight the final boss. If Ganon is defeated, the player has won the game. Whew, I'm sweating after reading all that. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. So this is like the original programming language. Yeah. yeah. Punch cards. It's like uh adds a, it like I feel like Pokemon or something could be played like this and add a like a digital readout basically so you don't have to like keep track of who's winning or anything. It just happens on the screen. I don't know. Yeah. Uh so this game on eBay is three hundred and seventy dollars. Wow. And it probably doesn't come with any of the cards. Um yeah, it says used, so I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's new. No idea. Can't find those anymore. Yeah. Weird. I'm curious what the cards even look like. I see like an example of one or two, but it'd be cool to have like a poster of them or something. It sounds pretty fun. If you'd like make your own adventure type thing and scan your yeah. battles in. and It's pretty cool. Then you scan in your weapons to like yeah. boost your character. That's and, a cool mm-hmm. idea for like... In this time, when the technology didn't exist to like do what we're doing now, it's quite clever. That's true. Like with the amiibos, is what it reminds me of. Like you scan that in, and mm-hmm. there's your character. Mm-hmm. So I think Nintendo just builds off itself, uses the old technology, and now that it as does. Dustin said, the technology is available. They build on that and say, "Hey, we can do this now. Let's make it into something greater." So right, it's pretty cool. Getting into the next set of games, which are the weirdest ones and one of my all-time least favorite characters, <laughs> Tingle. Oh, he's my favorite. Oh, I can't stand him. <laughs> a little creepy son of a bitch. Uh, we have the Triforce of Tingle Kaulampa! games. <laughs> the Tingle series of video games is a spinoff of the Legend of Zelda series. It's centered on Tingle, who originally appeared as a supporting character in Majora's Mask and had a larger role in Wind Waker. So the three games we have here are Tingle's Rosy Rupeeland, Tingle's Balloon Fight DS, and the ripened Tingle's Balloon Trip of Love. God, <laughs> I don't even want to know what that one's about. So but, weird. Ugh. The first one here on the... I think n- only one of these. I think only this first one came out in the United States. Oh. I thought it was the balloon one. Oh, no, I guess not, based upon that picture. But the first one is Tingle's Rosy Rupeeland. Uh, the first of the Tingle trilogy, none ever reaching the West, was Tingle's Rosy Rupeeland. This game features dungeons, monsters, and the occasional puzzle to solve. However, the real puzzles can be solved through one way. Money. Go shock. Yeah, <laughs> that's all that thing is wor- worried about. Uh, related 10 spinoff games nobody wanted. That turned out pretty good. The goal of the game is to make as much money as possible through selling goods obtained through dungeon runs. The world is delightfully weird and at the same time fitting for the Tingle character. It's bizarre, but also incredibly fun. He is the Wario of the Zelda franchise. I was just going to say that. Mm. I was just going to say that. He took Wario, <laughs> and this Wario bad character, is... and made him weird with WarioWare. Mm. Ugh. Tingle. Wario is like one of my favorite Mario characters. That's only I think that's the reason I like Tingle, even yep. though he's like more of a Japanese character that doesn't get as much play here in America. I, I just think he's a funny character. He's even got the same nose as Wario in this picture. Yeah, the big red yeah. nose. <laughs> the rosy red nose. Yeah. That's like a really bad cold. Or... <laughs> a nose in need deserves puffs in deep. <laughs> Reminds me of that commercial. He needs a Kleenex like so bad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, just, I just found the tingle costume or whatever in Breath of the Wild. You can like dress up as Tingle as one of the yes. outfits. It's so bad. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so bad. Uh, Tingle's Balloon Fight DS, aside from the traditional Zelda experience, handhelds became home to the Tingle games, starring everyone's favorite 35-year-old fairy. <laughs> Although these titles She's use 35. some Zelda imagery in... Yes. <laughs> He has an age. He's he's the same age as me. <laughs> Although these titles use some Zelda imagery, in reality, they are their own weird experiences that range from excellent balloon fight. This game was a reward 
for club members in Japan, so it can be considered a bonus title of sorts. However, it's pretty much Balloon Fight with Tingle Flare. And really, is Balloon Fight worth the cost to get it off eBay? So yeah, I, I no. don't really enjoy the Balloon Fight games, I, but they are like a Nintendo staple from the old school days, and they just kind of just slapped Tingle on it. It looks like they taped him on it, according to this box art. They just taped him over the old yes. Balloon Fight character. <laughs> uh, you can buy balloon, uh, Tingle's Balloon Fight for $13 on eBay. I was going to say that looks like a Mario fish. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, cheap, cheap. Yep. Yeah, cheap, cheap. There it is. Okay. Ripened Tingles Balloon Trip of Love. Ooh, yeah. Uh, just from the title alone, this game is obviously a masterpiece. <laughs> Tingles Balloon Trip of Love is worlds away from the traditional Zelda formula, being one part point and click adventure game and one part dating simulator wow i want to play this real bad yeah, no yeah i gotta figure out how to date <laughs> tingle style or yes this game is a tingle dating sim it can get a little weird and humor doesn't always land but its core cast of wizard of oz knockoffs are all lovable goofs and play off each other well balloon trip of love can hardly be considered a zelda game but for all those that get access to the english translation it's absolutely worth checking out. Is that an adults-only rating? Is that what it has in the corner there? <laughs> <laughs> it's like leisure, leisure, leisure suit tingle. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, oh shit! Oh tingle. Yeah, it's a Japanese art. I don't know what the Japanese symbols are for ratings. I'm trying to trying to figure it out right now. I think A for awesome. I know they have a lot of dating simulators <laughs> it does like an a. in Japan because they are obsessed. Watching with them. a bunch of uh, anime, there's always the character that buys the dating simulator game. It's in One Punch Man. Pale. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but this guy goes out and buys this dating simulator game. So they must be all over Japan because there's a mm. recurring theme of it in anime all the time. Oh, to- they are huge. Like uh, on. Uh... How did this get played? They are constantly playing weird Japanese um, dating sims. There's one like date my dad or something, and, <laughs> and there's one where you play oh, as birds, and it's like a all the characters are birds, and you gotta make these d- birds date each other. Yeah, if you go to like back in the '90s, early 2000s, uh, Albino Black Sheep, or oh, whatever yeah. that website, mm-hmm. there was a, a series of like flash games you could play that were uh anime ported over to like american style games and basically you're 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 talking to you know you're in high school and you're talking to schoolgirls, and you have to like answer the right questions to try to get oh, dates geez. or whatever with them yeah it was uh that's quite the a weird, but also like interesting way to spend three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> this is true. All right, wrap it up with these last couple of games here. Pale, you want to tell us about the next one? Sure. Uh, Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necrodancer, featuring The Legend of Zelda, a rhythm game developed by Brace Yourself Games and published by Nintendo. The game is a crossover of Crypt of the ne- Necrodancer with The Legend of Zelda, combining the rhythm-based movement and fighting mechan- mechanics with elements reminisc- reminiscent of earlier games in the Zelda franchise. I've seen this one. It's on Switch, right? It came out for this? Yeah, it's on Switch. Yeah. So it, there's it looked a really free neat, demo but... on there. Oh, there is? Ooh, I'm going to have to download I'm that. not... Yeah, you can. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I'm just not. I couldn't get the beat. Like I couldn't get the rhythm down, and I was doing very bad at it. So I didn't buy it. But it is pretty cool. The music is great, and it's pretty fun. It's just I, because you got to like hit the button on the beat every time, and I was just I couldn't do it. <laughs> you gotta so have I, rhythm. I kept dying. See, as a gotta, yeah, as a drummer, I think Dustin and I should probably check this game out. See if we can get it. 
Yeah. Yeah. The- I'm watching gameplay right now, and this looks exactly like Link to the Past. Yeah. The animation is fantastic. The music is terrific. I just could not get the. I could not master the gameplay, so I I never bought it, but I do want to play it again. Yeah. This is interesting. Weird. It's like. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, swing the sword. Mm, mm, mm. Mr. B. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, and then you get attacked. Yeah. So like every beat, you have to hit a button or something like that. Either attack. Yeah, it's, or it's move. almost like that. Uh, that if you go to the arcade back, you know, uh, putt putt or whatever, they used to have this drum yeah. game where you had sticks and you're like boom, 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 boom. It's like rock band, but for the the drum, like just drum pads, is like a Donkey Kong style game. It's like, doom, 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 doom. <laughs> I feel this one is. It's actually pretty quick timing. I don't know, like what. Uh, yeah, I'm watching it at like 100. percent I don't know what the the gameplay is in, but it seems like a pretty quick tempo. Yeah, yeah. check out the demo and let me know what you guys think. I'm curious. Okay, for sure. Yeah, I definitely will. Uh, Link's crossbow training was bundled with the Wii Zapper. <laughs> peripheral and was the first title to use it it is set in a world in the style of the legend of zelda twilight princess and in the game the player assumes the role of link to perfect link's crossbow marksmanship the player must pass a series of tests starting with stationary bullseye targets before moving on to moving targets and actual enemies link's crossbow training features nine playable levels and the goal in each is to achieve the highest score possible within the time limit. These levels are divided into three main gameplay styles, target shooting, defender, and ranger. I do own this game, and it sucks. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Sarah gave it to you, because I have the zapper. I don't have the game. Well, if I remember correctly, I think we were at uh, Sean White party. And he had like three copies of the game sitting there. I'm like, hey man, can I have one? Mm-hmm. And I think I took it. So I don't have the zapper. I just have the game. But hey, if you want the game, <laughs> you can have it. <laughs> I think it's in my drawer somewhere. I have the zapper, I believe. Let me look, Google that real quick. I think I got it when I bought 007. It's just like a bad plastic thing that holds the Wii remote. Yeah. Oh, it looks like a gun, right? Yeah. yeah I, have, I, have, oh. I have this. Yeah, for sure. Because I uh, I bought the 007 uh, Golden Gun, or yeah, GoldenEye remake for the Wii. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. Yep. Yeah, you put the, the Wii mode on top and then the uh, nunchuck yep. in the back. Yeah. I, I I can't remember if I played this or not. I must have at one point tried it, but it, it, it's just a weird idea that to put um, Link in this or whatever and make a crossbow game out of and it's just like just a bunch of mini games sounds like a mini game they should have put into a zelda game and it would have made more sense yeah to train i feel like this should be like yeah a fun game to do but not fun game to buy like i don't want to i think it came free when you bought the zapper yeah so but yeah but the it, it I don't know if it's free. Like you just sell this plastic shell, basically, with a game. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's not nothing. Uh, but if it in Twilight Princess, because that's where the game is set. If you went into like a little, and they, you know how they have mini games and all these Zelda games, just have that mm-hmm. as like now you win a heart if you do like a heart piece or whatever. If you exactly play this weird Zelda crossbow thing. Yeah, this definitely looks like 007 remake, just with with Link as the character. It makes me wonder, it's like, did they plan to have a crossbow or something in the game? Like, they wanted to incorporate this into it, but they just didn't have the capabilities, so they pulled it out and did something different. Or they didn't have enough time to finish it, so they just sold it separately. Could be. Or they just wanted to see how well it would do. True. Slap the name Zelda on it, it sells. It should have just been a duck hunt. Ooh, duck hunt. Oh my god, that would be cool. Why wouldn't they have just done that? That would have been awesome. Uh, Yeah, a remake of Dunk Hunt, but using the the zapper. And it's got like updated graphics for the Wii. Just do that. (laughs) Why don't you work at Nintendo? I sold it for you. (laughs) (laughs) I'd buy it right now. 
But that wraps up this episode. It's all the weird Zelda games I could find. There's probably more. Right. There's Those actually are... more weird Mario games. There's I'm a very... lot of weird Mario That's games as well. Yeah. So I was very, very surprised that we got to the bottom of this list already. I'm not <laughs> mad about Cool. Next week we'll be... Uh, maybe not next week. But we'll be back. We'll be talking about Sonic the next time. Yeah. Sounds perfectly wonderful. Uh, we didn't mention this episode is part of The Legend of Zelda's 35th anniversary. We're doing a bunch of Zelda episodes this year. And this is just one of them. And stay tuned. And We're going to do Breath of the Wild. Do Link's, Link's Awakening. I think that's what it's called. And a few other ones. So until next time, drink, drink, up, drink, up, drink up, up and geek out. And geek and out. Geek out.